I'm Arya Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. It's Monday, so no games today, but after an action-packed weekend, we gotta discuss all the happenings. please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking for a fun way to enjoy the w join us over on playback we got tons of games coming up this month and next month and the whole WNBA season our W watch parties are something you don't want to miss. Use the link playback.tv forward slash Winsider. That's playback.tv forward slash Winsider. It's free. You plug in your TV um, subscriptions, your League Pass subscriptions, and we're all watching the game together, enjoying some amazing basketball. Welcome back to the Winsider Show. I'm your host, Arya Schwartz with the great, the Hoff, Rachel Galligan. It was a, just trying to embarrass you. It was a fun weekend in the W. We're, I feel like we're kind of finally getting to understand who these teams yeah. are, what's going on. Um, just to kind of recap, Connecticut and Vegas split some back-to-backs. LA blows multiple big leads, but does pull off a win against Chicago. Uh, Chicago is, I'm going to call them like, the stovetop they're either hot or they're not you know they're they're beating and competing against top teams but then they're losing to middle pack teams um and then obviously you know minnesota gets another win phoenix gets another win indiana still chasing that elusive late game win um what was kind of your takeaway from this weekend what stood out what was big moments obviously we got to talk to anna bonner I mean, yeah, that was a credible performance. <laughs> what was it, 41 or 44? It was 41, right? Yeah. Um, that was awesome. I would say that was probably my highlight of the, of the week outside of Sue Bird and Sills' jersey retirements. I thought that was a just awesome performance and um, showed, you know, like the aces are human. And I think, I think I learned this week that Connecticut's for real. Not just because of that win, but just like, like you said, we've seen these teams – you know, nine to 10 times so far. And so you're really starting to get an understanding of like, what are these teams about? What are their identities looking like? I agree with you on Chicago. Um, like, I'm not surprised. I mean, I've said it like on the last four shows, like they're going to like be in games and then they're going to like drop really bad ones. That's just how it's going to be. I think LA, you know, it's just, it, it's, it, it's crazy because we want to be excited about the fact that it's a new era. And yeah, I think that overall the identity and the culture there is better, but you still have some pieces that are coming into play. Jasmine Thomas, Azra Stevens, not looking anywhere near, you know, a hundred percent or even much into the rotation. Um, and then you get the news of lay being out. So I think like LA, they probably want to see the success faster than what they're seeing it. But at the same time, like you're four and four, 
Um, you're playing without two key starters who, you know, are just getting back in the rotation. Um, crazy to look at some of these, you know, late game situations that they've kind of blown. Um, and also on the other side of it, crazy to see Seattle come back down 21 and then down 28 and damn near win the game the other day. Like, I, I kind of have to say, I knew Seattle was going to be bad. And I, I sit here and I'm like, man, poor Seattle, this sucks. But the more I watch him, the more you really do just get the sense that, like, okay, yeah, it's a lot of young players, a lot of a lot of youth on this team, a lot of players that have not played together. But I love just their fight and their grit and their toughness, especially in the second half. Like, they don't really get discouraged if they're down 20. They, they, they just kind of slowly chip away and, and fight back. And, and I can respect fight. What I don't respect is when a team just looks atrocious. Um, and I'm trying what to do you respect that. more? giving up a 20 point lead in the first half or uh blowing a 20 point lead late in the game (laughs) (laughs) i no because i think it's like it's an interesting situation i think it's hard especially when you're a young team and you're a team that doesn't quite have any identity whatsoever i think it's easy to come out of the gate and just like get waxed you know, like Seattle's come out now and they've got like, dug, they've dug themselves into these holes. Cause I don't think they know outside of Jewel Lloyd, who is supposed to get these touches, who's supposed to take the shots very much a lot to figure out. And it will be the case for the entire season. But the fact that they don't just like roll over and they kind of do, may, who knows, maybe there, maybe, you know, LA or who was it, Chicago, whoever it was fight, fight back. Um, Maybe they just, you know, don't want to be humiliated that terribly. But I, I, I respect clawing back from a slow start. I think blowing a lead, like not being able to play the second half with a 20-point lead and, like, blowing that with veteran players is alarming to me. And, and just to be clear, like, what, L.A. had a 21-point lead over Seattle. Um, they were up, like, 24-4 to four at the end of the first quarter. Um Similarly, LA ends the the Minnesota game um, on a what was it nineteen to three Minnesota run seventeen zero Minnesota run, um, and and then you look at but then also like you start to question oh is is LA crazy or whatever and then you look at Washington who is up by what twenty eight at one point versus Seattle Seattle claws their way back if it wasn't for I'll say it a questionable call on Kean Nurse under the basket. We might be talking about a different situation yeah. of that game. They might complete that. Um, look, there's been a lot of. I'm not one to put a game on the ref's shoulders because I strongly, strongly believe like if if the team allowed it to be to be in the hands of the referee, that's your fault. You deserve to lose. That said, two very impactful penalties of recent um one was on dorka Juhas in the the closing minute of the Lynx game against i think it was against indiana um and just rough rough it was it was just a bad call um and then similarly with the the situation in seattle where both teams were making comebacks both teams were very close and look you're up by three you're up by two you're up by one and you get a foul call gets sent to the line and you can, you know, that's like a five-point swing right there, and that can really close out a game late in the game. Um, so I think on the one hand, it's a great sign that we're seeing these competitive games because 
the key phrase that we've heard of recent years in the W of parody and parody and parody. That's not the case this season. There's parody in like the middle to lower pack, but like there's not much parody this season. Um, I, I, I said this to you yesterday. I was like, I'm going to sound off there. There's some ugly basketball happening right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> some- first, first half Seattle is an ugly basketball team. Um, Right now, Washington, D.C., honestly, like, yes, they pulled, they got the victory. They went on, like, a crazy streak. It was the fourth quarter, and I think at a certain point, there was, like, under four minutes left, and the only person to score in the whole quarter was Ariel Atkins with five points. Like, the yeah. Mystics have some serious, serious I issues. Mean, the, the, the Mystics didn't score for, like, seven and a half minutes in that fourth quarter. I mean, they barely pulled that win out against Seattle. I mean, that was like mystics. Now they, I know they've won two in a row, but my God, like, what is it about that team? Like something does not sit right with me. My, my issue with that team is we know like who's on the roster. We know they can deliver even with the question marks we have that we've been saying all season, heck going into free agency, adding, Brittany Sykes is great and everything, but that's not going to help your offense really. And we've seen those same issues come to fruition. My, my big, big, big concern right now, not to oversell it or anything like that is little T because it comes down to when you have the skill, it comes down to, do you have the ability to make the adjustments mid game? And we're seeing a young coach who's never been a head coach before struggle in some of those ways. Well, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I th- I definitely think it hurts when Adela Don is out. I mean, her and Austin have carried this team all year. Now, I do think the backcourt has gotten going a little bit between Cloud and Adkins. Maisha Hines-Allen does not look anywhere near, you know, what, what we know she can do. Um, but, you know, then, but, then I, but then I say that and I step back and I'm like, okay, it's, it's the second week of June, you know? Like, for me, you're, back to your parity point, for me, it's three teams – and basically everybody else. Now, you might say, okay, there's three teams, and then maybe, like, two more, and then everybody else. Like, Vegas, Connecticut, New York are, my, are like, up there. And then I think you have Dallas and Washington. I'm, I'm pretty high on Dallas, give, given the fact that they have been really shorthanded. Um, I think when you have a player like Arike and the way Sabalis played – once they get back to full strength, they've got McCowan back and things like that. Like I, I really think Dallas has a shot. They're they're one of those teams that I'm like, you've got the talent, you've got the superstardom. Um, they just need a little depth, and and they could they could cause some issues. But after that, it's literally everybody else for me, at least right now. I I completely agree. The the one thing that I think has been really really interesting with Dallas is honestly just Arike. Uh, like, look, first of all, Jeremy McCowan's not there. They're playing with, I mean, I'm not going to say some phrase that people are going to get offended by, but a player who's not as good as Tierra McCowan, like flat out. We know that Kalani's just not a Tierra McCowan. Yeah, she's being also, serviceable. She's playing they're, well. They're maximizing what she can do. And, and shit, shout out to Odyssey Sims who freaking joined the team a week ago and has come in and been huge for them. They've got to find a way to keep, keep her, keep her on that roster. Yeah, and and with the amount of injuries they've had, here's here's the thing that's really excited me about this Dallas team. I think this Dallas team is going to go as far as Arike can realize what her position is on this team. She is not the superstar in my opinion. It's Satu. This is a breakout season for Satu. But here's the deal: Arike, 
in her last five games against Washington, Connecticut, Phoenix twice, and New York, has had one game with less than five assists. That shows me a player who's understanding what her role is on the team. Now, granted, in that loss to Washington, I saw a moment that maybe I'm blowing out of proportion. It was the last moments of the game. Satu has the ball. Arike's wide uh, north of the three-point line. If time's expiring and you need a shot to win the game, I'm throwing it to Arike. I don't care if she's triple covered, right? Every every time else during the game, I'm going to Satu. Um, now, that was a moment where I think it's it's a learning moment. You need to understand the situation if you're Satu. Yes, you're the up-and-coming star. Yes, maybe you're taking the throne of this team. But still understand why Arike was arguably the superstar of this team. Still understand why Arike has a name for herself. It's because clutchness runs through her veins like blood through a normal person. Um, and... Yeah, I'm 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 very very excited about this Dallas. Well, team. I gotta say, I mean, Dallas and New York were toe to toe on Sunday. I mean, that was a really really evenly matched game through halftime. And if Dallas doesn't come out and if, and I don't want to say lay an egg. Now maybe you also credit New York. No, New York outscores Dallas thirty four to seventeen in that third quarter. And I know Dallas has got to be sitting there thinking, man, we wish we could get that third quarter back. It's kind of like you you dig yourself a hole coming out of halftime and. There's no coming back from that, but really evenly matched game until honestly, I saw New York put together the best quarter I've seen of from them all year um, in terms of sharing the basketball, the, the amount of assists. Like, I mean, that was the, that was the, that was the New York, that third quarter of that game against Dallas that I was like, okay, this is the potential of this team that I think everyone is incredibly excited about. And is that a credit to New York or is that, you know, did, did Dallas like let up, you know, I I think it's obviously a little bit of both, but that was a really impressive matchup between those two. I felt, um, and I know, you know, again, you you saw how close Dallas could be if they didn't just kind of really struggle that third quarter, but yeah. How about New York? I mean, I don't know how much you watched that specific game, but it was encouraging to me to really see this team start to click. I think Brana Stewart's the front runner for MVP early on in the season, in my opinion, if I had to vote today. Um, but I think this team is really starting to come along a little bit. I think it's Alyssa Thomas or Brianna Stewart, no question. Um, I'm a little bit lower on New York than a lot of people, and I know I'm going to get flack for that. Don't care. Made a Teflon. Bring it on. Um, no. But, like, my thing with New York is I've seen flashes of it through quarters. I haven't seen a complete game yet. Um, and what I've and look, even New York struggling is a top three, top five team, right? And so for me, like, I'll be blunt. We just came out with the Windsider Power Rankings. We can go over that in a moment, just kind of run down, see if there's anything. I did not have, I had, give me all the flack you want, Chicago higher than New York. And, and I know, people think it's crazy. <laughs> Whatever. The, like, hey, Chicago ran with New York. Stand by it. Stand by it. Oh, Hillsider. Um, <laughs> look, like. Chicago ran with New York for both those games, had a fluke of a period, you know, of a quarter or a half, whatever, gets back in it, takes the second game after, in my opinion, they blew the first game. Um, We can get into details of like how it comes down to power ranking. For me, what we've seen is these overly exceptional, almost improbable quarters from New York where they just go off like that 30 something to 17 quarter. 
that we were just talking about. Those shine, and I think they stick out more in a lot of people's memories than the struggles we've seen from New York. New York got outclassed in the first, or outclassed, I don't know. That That's what I say people are going to take it the wrong way. New York got outplayed in that first half by the Dallas Wings. They played an amazing third quarter that destroyed the Dallas Wings, and then the fourth quarter was pretty evenly matched. If you ask me, I don't walk away from that game going, I'm so confident in New York's ability. I think there's been games where, and look, this is what great teams do. They find ways to win. That's what great players do. They find ways to win when the game isn't, you know, clearly decided for them. So props to New York. And I think, honestly, if anything, if you're a New York fan and you're saying, oh, yeah, I hate you because you're not putting my team high enough. You don't want your team too high right now. You want like coaches always talk about this progressive growth throughout the season so that you're peaking at the right moment. The New York Liberty are not peaking. We haven't seen a complete game yet. When I see that, then I'm going to start visioning that. And then maybe that's when we're going to start going, okay, they're starting to peak. Can they sustain this for a long period of time? What's that going to mean? Um, I Yeah. Excited okay. about that. If you back it up and you explain it. Okay. I mean, we're not here to all agree on everything. That's the beauty of, you know, working with different people and having different, you know, ideas. Like, like I, I like that. I like giving me a different perspective. What I do want to talk about is the Atlanta dream. What are your thoughts on them? Really underwhelming. Um, like, you know, really, like, I was, really underwhelming. All I could think about yesterday with the Connecticut Sun were the turnovers. 26 turnovers Connecticut had, what was it, 42 points 42 of their 89 points off turnovers that is an un I'm t- I don't care who you are you're not winning that game it's actually amazing that game was as close as it was to just be a 12 point game um clearly the turnovers in that one I'm sure coach Wright is absolutely beside herself on that that's not pretty that's not good I get that you do have some injuries um but I, I'm that's a tough one for me like I can't figure out Atlanta so far like I Cheyenne Parker's been a huge bright spot though like Cheyenne Parker's really 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 um she's bringing it this season and I think she's kind of she's not being talked about enough in my opinion she's not she's been the thing that's kind of buoyed this team I don't think I in the after the first game or two I was like okay what's going on with Ryan what blah 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 you know you jump to conclusions you get excited about certain topics um I don't think it's a sophomore slump for her. What I think it is, is we're seeing, and this is still, she's still, no, she's putting up an amazing stat lines. The team's really struggling. She's playing really, really well. I think there's an argument to an extent to be like, Oh, well, if the team's not succeeding, then like it's some sort of a sophomore slump because the team was succeeding more before. Um, From an efficiency standpoint, maybe a little bit, but like, yeah, I'm not too concerned with that. No, I'm not concerned about it at all. I think, honestly, it boils down to, and and I'll be honest, I plan to look into this more. Um, To me, it really comes out as a team that made strides last year, added important pieces, and they're trying to figure out how they kind of gel together. It's not last year. The same thing isn't going to work. You need to have that continuity, but also be able to grow in the moment. And I think we're seeing a team that's struggling um, I just to take And I just don't step. think you have a lot of 
the pieces that you need to take that step. I mean, they're, they're only averaging, what are they averaging a game? Oh, they're averaging about 83 a game. I'm trying to look up um, what they're giving up a game. That That's my big question mark here. As Their defense have. has not been the Tanisha Wright defense that we expected, thought about, talked about, yeah, wanted that, it. That, that's the biggest thing for me is, like, they're not guarding anybody. I mean, that sounds really harsh. They're, they're second second to last in the league in points given up per game at 86. And right there with Phoenix Mercury, who we know right now is struggling to guard people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, right now, I think the bigger issue isn't necessarily, like, I mean, you obviously have players on the Dream who can score. Ryan Howard, Cheyenne Parker. You've got Gray. AD. But I just don't think, like, interior-wise, they're, they're, they have the horses that they need. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. they're just missing huge pieces, literally. <laughs> and that's totally fine, though, because this team isn't trying to do good. What I think it's, it's going to be hard because we saw success in the record last year. But this year, it's going to be more about can Alicia and Ryan pair together well for the future? Can, you know, is Cheyenne Parker part of that for the future? How does Nas fit in for the future? Ari, when she comes back, what's that going to look like? I mean, also keep in mind, Aaron McDonald, who's been a, a very important role for this team um, out with an injury is a big deal. Um, so, all right, real quick, let's run down the Windsider power ranking. Shameless plug. I'll throw the the link in the show notes. Um, Rachel, if there's anything that you think is completely wrong, let me know and we'll make a move. I mean, honestly, I have a few things that I think are completely wrong, which is why I voted differently. Um, then we'll we'll get into pick them and peace out for the day. Okay. Last place, Seattle Storm. Last week, they were 11th. Minnesota Lynx, last rankings, they were 12th. Number 10, Phoenix Mercury. Going up those rankings. They were in ninth and now they're in tenth. Uh, I think you could argue that they're last, but they did beat Minnesota. I think I could argue that whew, they're 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 putrid, but yeah, keep yeah. Going. Yeah. Indiana Fever at nine. They moved up one spot. Atlanta Dream in the eighth spot. Sitting sitting happy there, not really fluctuating. LA Sparks in seventh. Chicago Sky in sixth moved out. See, this is where I disagreed because I think Chicago should drop more. They've lost three in a row and yeah, but anyway, keep going. Yeah. Sorry not to interrupt. No, no, I agree. I think it's like, does Indiana bump to number eight? I don't know. Um, Chicago Sky, I think, should be higher than six. Yes, they've lost two in a row, but I don't even necessarily like really care about the, the Aces loss. And I look at how they played against New York, and that's why I had them personally higher. Dallas Wings at five, finally breaking into that top five. Washington Mystics at four. I just can't agree with that. Um, I mean, they, they have won their last two. Granted, yeah, I mean, it just in my mind, conceptually, I, I see Dallas ahead of them right now. You know, I don't even, I, I'm not even trying to argue that. It's just what the product I'm seeing on the court, and maybe, again, maybe it's recency bias from the last Mystics-Seattle uh, game, and I'm really down on him, which is probably the case. But, okay, I can, okay, so you've got Washington at four. Washington at four, New York at three, Connecticut at two, and Vegas at one. Although they lost, they're still number one. I mean, I, I I'm fine with that. I wouldn't have New York at three. That's just my personal. That's why I didn't vote it. Um, overall, though, I think in general it it paints the proper picture of this league, as as power rankings, in my opinion, should. Um, okay, 
it's time for pick 'em now. Hold on, hold on. Let's make a. I want to make some note. What were what were your thoughts of the? Oh yeah, wait. The, the the retirement ceremonies. So first of all, um, I thought it was very appropriate for the individuals that Suze went on for like three plus hours, and Sills was like thirty minutes. Um, granted, like I'll be completely honest, the whole time Rachel and I are texting and she's like, it's still going on. I was like, are you serious? I'm watching games. It's actually like two games have passed. What's going on? Nikki, so, Nikki like did work around the house, took a shower, cleaned the house, took a dogs for a walk, ran errands, came back and she looked at me and her face was like, are you kidding me? This is, she goes, what are they doing? It was so funny, but I loved it. No, honestly, like here's, here's the thing. First of all, I saw somebody say like, that went on longer than anyone expected. So did Sue Bird's career. Um, but no, like in all honesty, as WNBA fans, I've never seen outside of a game that much WNBA content together in one time period, right? Like three hours of WNBA content of people talking about the W on TV or on an app. I haven't seen that since you and I got drunk and just rambled on for three hours. Like that hasn't been, you know what I mean? So like, to have that was so important, so meaningful. Honestly, I saw somebody else say like it was a thumb up at or biting of the thumb towards Stewie. Like, hey, if you would have stayed, this is what you could have gotten a few years. Um, New York's never going to do that for you, blah, blah, blah. And then like on the sills, like, look, the the Kleenexes were out. Man. The tissues were well used. Um, and then the sill one day. was like. Gosh. It was an emotional day, and then the sill I one was just like, like so eating, much her. I texted you. I'm like, I'm eating ice cream. I'm eating junk food. I'm like, I'll oh, give me all the emotional food right now. This has been like five hours of like, wow, two players that I absolutely adore. I I loved them both. I think they were both very different. I thought Suze was extremely appropriate, um, and I thought Seattle did a really good job. Shout out to ESPN for having it on. Um, I think Sills was on there too. Correct me if I'm wrong. I did end up watching it on League Pass, but I'm, I'm just thankful that we had the opportunity to to watch those as fans who couldn't be there in attendance. I thought actually thought they both, in their own way, were very tastefully done, and they did a really good job with them. Yeah, no, I liked both of them. I think they fit into like who they were as people. Um, I like look. We were texting during it, like, oh my god, Minnesota's gonna blow the pooch. Seattle is going to make Minnesota look so bad, um, but they didn't. Minnesota looked great. I thought an interesting thing for me was also the, the juxtaposition of on Friday night, Minnesota had their ceremony for the all-time 25 players, and then tonight for Sylvia. Now, all of the, the dynasty starting five stayed. Most of the other players left. Um, Dev Peters and um, Canis Wiggins stayed around for Sills Jersey retirement also. I like the idea of that from a planning perspective and being able to yes. get people in town and you could make a weekend out of it, you know? Yes. That said, they didn't make a weekend out of it. There was a serious <laughs> lack of events for fans. I know Lynx season ticket holders, hardcore Lynx fans who will defend them to the depths were pissed Friday night because none of the players spoke. It was literally walk out. We're going to hand you a jacket that did not seem to fit anybody appropriately um and we're gonna say your name and that's it and we did it after the game that's disappointing really disappointing also like it's the first time you have the Lynx dynasty starting five you literally had the dynasty starting five because you had taj because you had um what's her name i'm blanking from university of minnesota i shouldn't be janelle mccarville mm -hmm. and you had sill 
you had all of the starting fives from all of the dynasty years and you missed an opportunity to have a serious event where fans where you could create content of the players talking about that experience like just so many missed opportunities in that regard but i don't want to go down a rabbit hole of that it was beautiful to see that team together and get a moment and see them all speak um for sill that was great um and um it's funny because like everyone you wanted to see spoke at sills and from my understanding i didn't see all of sue's because i was watching games but some people were missing but also some people that like you didn't care to hear from spoke for way too long i think there were a lot of key people that couldn't make sue's because like dt is playing gino or ammo couldn't make it for some reason um it was really cool to have lauren jackson there and hear her speech i think her speech took the cake i think she did such a great job obviously sue is phenomenal behind a microphone so for her to go on for over an hour was just comedy and in all the emotions in once but yeah they, they i mean a lot of different speakers and a, a few others that kind of went on for a while and i was like okay this is interesting but hey who am i Shout out to the fans, though. A three-hour event after a game, that packed. place was packed. Yeah, it was. Nobody left. That place, basketball, Seattle, Seward. Yep. That's all I got to say. Yep. Um, okay. You ready for pick them? Just, just so everyone is aware, Rachel's still losing. I have a one-game lead on her. <laughs> Eight and four, and Rachel's seven and five. So should we just end it now? If you want to. If that's what you no. need to make yourself feel better, please, by all means. Um. <laughs> Okay, so we have Mystics at Fever. Rachel? Oh my god. Uh, is Elena going to be back? From her stiff I, neck? Who knows? I mean, it's also funny because I picked that that was going to be the game that Seattle maybe could win. I think I, yeah, I picked Seattle to win that game only because I was like, there's no way Delhi's playing back-to-backs. Um, I'm going to say Washington. They'll, they'll, she'll be back and they'll win. Cool, I went Fever. That's perfect. Dream at Liberty. There's just no way. And New York's got that one. Yep. Greed. Storm at Mercury. Oh, God. That's like a battle royale right there. I just... Ooh, that's a good game. That's a really good game. That's a really tough game. That's a good game. Um, I think at the end of the day, I've got to go with Phoenix. They're at home. They've got BG. I know you've got Jewel Lloyd on the flip side of it. I think Tarazi will make enough shots. Cunningham will hit some shots. I think it, it'll end up being Mercury. I agree with you, but I'm going Storm on that. Because eventually, no, but like eventually, right? Like we've seen the Mercury not get it together. And like I know roster-wise they're a better team, right? Like BG's going to beast. What, what's Mercedes Russell going to do, BG? Diana Tarazi's shooting has been abysmal this season. And if she can't get it going with the amount of shots she takes a game, she really puts her team behind because it's just wasted possessions. I mean, um, here's the thing. If, if you, this is no offense to Seattle. Cause I have, I, there, I have this endearing that's growing because they have so much little heart in them that I have this endearing place in my heart for this new Seattle team. It's nothing against them, but if Phoenix can't come out of this at home with a win, shame on them. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Sparks at wings. I'm going wings. Same. Dream at Sun. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. that's I, I wouldn't be, like, overly shocked if they blew it, only because, like, eventually the Dream are going to write the ship, I feel I like. Agree, pun intended. 
I it's not that game. I don't think you have an answer for Alyssa Thomas on that team. Not um, Fever at Sky. I feel like these two have played like six times already. Am I wrong? <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I do remember. Granted, overtime feels like it's a second game. but um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm going to go Fever. Okay, I went Sky on that one. And Storm at Aces. Do we have an upset? Bless Seattle, but yeah, Las Vegas. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see what happens after this one. Rachel, close out the episode. I got a question for you. Who's your goat? Pickle. <laughs>